Welcome to Shatter the Stigma, where Alex and Sam, two psychology majors, explore all things psychology. We discuss random psychology facts, our own mental health struggles, and whatever comes to our ADHD brains. Just a disclaimer, we are not licensed professionals. We are just two university students that really love psychology. This is for education and entertainment purposes only. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to talk about the most useful psych classes in undergrad. That we have taken. That we have taken, yes. Because we can't really speak to classes we haven't taken, but these are just what we've found to be the most useful. And combined, it's quite a bit. There's so many. I was like, hey Sam, I have four classes. And she's like, I have 20. And I was like, well... Okay. I mean, we may have like a thousand available to do. However, it's more like 35. However, I have only taken five. Okay. I've maxed out on my university's <laughs> psychology courses. I mean, I can take more if I want, but it just won't count towards my degree. I've just It'll taken just be a waste of money. I've just taken all of them that are available. <laughs> Dang, man. And that's how you know you're a nerd. And that's how you know your school has a great psychology program. (laughs) (laughs) So out of your university and what you have taken, what do you think is the most useful? Definitely. So like it's two classes, but they cover the same topic, if that makes sense. It's abnormal psych and developmental psychopathology, which is such a mouthful. But essentially, they go over what you would think of as the mental illnesses. They go over common treatments for them. They go over symptoms, stuff like that. So having taken those classes and then working in inpatient psychiatric care, you go into that job with a deep understanding of this is what the diagnostic criteria is. This is what the level that this individual's mental illness has had to get to in order to be diagnosable, etc. Which that in and of itself is a whole other issue but (laughs) those two classes have definitely helped and the abnormal psych is kind of just everything and developmental psychopathology is specifically children and adolescents which that is my field of interest so yes that is my top class what's yours sam well abnormal psych all the way because that is all the disorders and I think that is just so fascinating. It's like we go through the DSM-5. I had to write a paper to pick a disorder and then use the DSM-5 to write a research paper along with other articles. And I don't know. It, I got an A on it. That's all that matters. Hey. <laughs> but we The developmental psych that's focused on children and adolescents, that is also useful. We have three of them. We have children, adolescents, and adults, the three classes. Mm-hmm. So that way you choose your area of expertise. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. For a job at a psych hospital, I think that psych disorders, psychological disorders in children is probably the most helpful. That's fair. I'm sure if you were more interested in working with a geriatric or like older population, that adult class would be what you would answer. As I think we've st- stayed before, Sam and I are both very interested in working with children and adolescents as and like both. our career. Yeah. And we both work at a psychiatric facility. I used to work and will work again. I took some time off to finish my degree and I will once again be a psych staff after I graduate. But, you know. (laughs) I am currently a psych staff and getting my degree. Uh, It's a time, but I love my job. I really do. When I'm on peds, I love my job. So what other classes do you think are helpful just in general with psych, not just 
job related. So in general, so I have tailored the courses that I've taken specifically to a clinical setting, but in general, probably one of the most useful throughout life I've taken was weirdly enough psychotherapy. To preface, this is an undergraduate level course and not a graduate level course. So undergrads learn about the theories and how it would be applied, not how to perform psychotherapy. But in this class, we learned and had to practice extensively active listening, which I can't even tell you. It's been so helpful throughout life. I get so much feedback of people being like, you're just such a good listener. And I'm like, great, I was trained to do that. And then even at work too, so, so, so helpful. Just because you have that little understanding of what the therapists are doing, like what their end goals are and kind of the treatment path they might be taking in session, as well as the whole active listening piece that if you take nothing else away from that course, (laughs) active listening is huge. What about you, Sam? Well, I think cognitive psych, we didn't exactly go through. I don't have a class that's only psychotherapy. It's more like there are chapters in different classes that cover psychotherapy. So I took cognitive psychology and clinical psychology, and those were very helpful, especially clinical psych in, you know, the field of psychology if you want to go further past your bachelor's degree. And I think that brain and behavior, definitely. I really did love that class. I hate biology so much except for the brain. That is the only part that I love. So the class is about the neurotransmitters in your brain and how your behavior affects those and what those do in response to each behavior. And I love it so much. I did not think I would like it. I thought that it would just be awful. I thought I was going to fail, but I ended up loving it and I ended up getting a good grade. It was great. Yeah. I ha- I also took like a brain and behavior class. Uh, so like similar things. Super, super interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, and then also psychosocial behavior. I have actually not taken that, but one of my friends did. She said that it's self-explanatory, social behavior. So kind of, she said it was like brain and behavior, but socially, which I found really interesting. Yes, I I see the need for it, but I don't like anything having to do with social psychology, but it sounds interesting. It seems like a class that you'd have to do papers and stand up and this seems like that type of class, like presentations, because social, that's kind of why I'm not taking it. (laughs) No, but it sounds super interesting but i have not taken psych in the workplace but do you think that might be useful for especially this job just a little like side note for everyone sam read me the description as we were preparing for this podcast but to me it sounds like it fits more under organizational or i think it's called industrial maybe both yeah one of those so if you want to go into management of a psych facility it could be useful but other than that i don't know unless you want to learn how to low-key control your co-workers that's which could be an option manipulative hey i took behavior modification sam oh man dude I was taking behavior modification while working at a psych unit and while it gave me so much more insight into like the stuff that we did with the kids because that was the whole point. I low-key was very tempted at certain points with certain co-workers to use some of that mental jujitsu that we were learning. <laughs> honest, okay, honest. Honestly, have you used it on me? <laughs> Girl, oh my god! <laughs> I can't believe you. I mean, it was probably worth it. I probably needed it. But man, come on. (laughs) 
And like, no, for everyone wondering, behavior modification is not all about trying to manipulate everyone around you all the time. It's just sometimes as a student, you're curious to be like, so like, how well does this actually work? I love seeing posts on different places of people who have classically conditioned other people around them by using candy into being their friend or liking them. Like those are just pure gold because they associate a person giving them candy with the candy and so that they get excited and smile every time they see that individual. I just, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. (laughs) See, there's kind of a line with that. For instance, my love language is gift giving. So to get like my love language to you, I will buy you gifts. Like if, if I'm going to Starbucks, I will get something for you. If we're going out to eat, I might pay for your meal because that's how I show that I love you in friendships and relationships and everything. But there is a difference between that and also buying a friendship. But where is that line? I don't know. Me either. (laughs) So anyways, (laughs) what's another class that you found to be super useful? I found psychological disorders in children, especially if you are going into that field of psych. Yeah. To specifically work with children and adolescents. They talked about multiple disorders about it and treatments and like those kind of things. And it was really helpful, especially for this job and especially for, Mm -hmm. you know, what we're going to be learning in the future with future degrees. I thought it was very yeah. helpful. And it was really interesting because there were some disorders that I didn't know were disorders. I just yeah. thought it was a kid being a kid. Yeah. It's really interesting to learn that kind of stuff. What did you find helpful? So another one that I've really liked, especially working in a psych unit, have found super, 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 super helpful was human lifespan development. And that's, we spent a long time in that course in particular, focusing on childhood, adolescence, late adolescence, stuff like that. It really helped, especially when I was working with kids that were developmentally delayed for whatever reason, because then I could separate, all right, this kid might look like they're in their late teens, but really like their mentality and the way that they think and process information is maybe at five to eight years old. And so taking a human lifespan development and learning, well, what are normal behaviors for an eight-year-old or a five-year-old, which are vastly different, but what are those normal behaviors? And even though they're in the body of a late teenager, that's normal behavior for them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It kind of relates to autism. Yeah. Spectrum. Yes. So there are numerous classes that, I mean, I personally wish that I could take if I had more money and more time, especially the money part. But what are some that you wish that you could take? A class that I desperately, I, when I tell you I have been trying to take this class for years, I have been trying to take this class for so long. It's called psychopharmacology. Oh, I love that. That's also on my list. I can't take it. I'm so sad. And it's essentially studying the psychiatric medications that you would use and the different effects that it has on the brain and on the body. And why do SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, why did those cause nausea? Well, it's because a lot of your serotonin's in your gut and on and on and on and stuff like that. I find, I think they're called psychotropic or like psychiatric medications to be super, super interesting. So that's one of my biggest ones that I haven't gotten 
to take just because like every time I'm like I want to take this class they're like haha jokes on you we're not offering it this term but yeah what about you Sam um neuropharmacology is one of them along with psychopharmacology but also psych of everyday living I think mm-hmm. I would find that like that's definitely that's not on the top of my list but I think it is like on the list of ones I could take and I know that next semester I will be taking psych of personality and I'm Ooh, so I took personality that one's wild. I'm so excited for that. Kind of self-explanatory on what it's about, but I'm sure they'll go over some personality disorders. But Probably. I think I remember that ours did. Well, good, because we love awareness to little things that people don't we know about. It. Exactly. That, yeah. Yeah, man. And also developmental psych focused on pediatrics, which is like children and adolescents. I know that we already discussed that one and that one's a really important one, but I actually haven't taken it. I haven't taken any developmental psych other than what what they went over in Psych 101. Because, I mean, I don't like biology and it gives me the impression that there's biology and I hate biology. There's not. Don't they talk about how the body grows? I mean, they do a little bit in terms of the development of a fetus. But other than that, it's more like what are the factors happening with the mom that could affect baby and stuff like that. And then how a kid develops, not so much in a biological sense, but more like how they interact with the world and how they learn. There's a lot of Piaget, Eric Erickson, that kind of stuff. A little bit of Freud, hate to say it. Oh my god. We don't like Freud, but you know, it's there. I still think that's a little bit of biology with the fetus growing and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I know that it's... it's a sprinkle like here's a little bit of a little bit of biology and the rest of it's psychology man my minor was neuroscience and then i had to take human physiology and i couldn't pass it twice so i had to change my minor out of neuroscience after already taking classes for it i cried because i love neuroscience i love the brain i cried so human physiology is not my strong suit aka biology Unless it's the brain, because I did take a class like that, and it was amazing. Well, don't count lifespan development out. Also, you're going to have to take it at some point. It's kind of inevitable. Yeah, I know. And it's so useful. It is. So useful. We used to, where I worked, we used to assess kids, like, if they wanted to do something that was a maybe, like, higher risk activity, we were... instructed to assess state and stage and that's kind of that like developmental psychology thing like are they in a good headspace and are they acting like the age that mentally they are or have they like mentally regressed or something and on and on because if you have a kid that normally presents and acts like they're a teenager and then all of a sudden they're presenting and acting like a younger kid you're not gonna go and take them like on a walk or something or let them do a high-risk activity that's just not a good plan you know so taking those like developmental classes so 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 useful well i think the class isn't in your future i might have to change my degree plan around a little bit but it seems kind of useful yeah just a little bit <laughs> so some classes that I'm actually currently taking that I wish I would have taken, I'm taking two counseling classes. I wish we had those, but those are only for grad programs. There's only a couple of them. 
for us for undergrad. So again, these are undergraduate courses. So we are not learning how to be counselors. We are learning about counseling. However, again, there is this emphasis on active listening, which is really weird over Zoom because you're awkwardly in a breakout room and you have to actively listen to how people's weekends were um, over Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a great time. But I really, really wish I would have taken, I'm taking a substance abuse counseling class right now. And I really, really wish I would have had that while working on the unit because so many of the kids I worked with had dealt with substance abuse and having that extra level of understanding, I think would have helped a lot. You know what? The next time I'm on a unit, I will have taken it and I will have that awareness and it will be great. Well, some people may be wondering, how does all of this relate to shattering the stigma? Alex, you have that idea? I did. Literally to convince Sam to do this episode, I had to give her this layout. It was great. So my idea about how an episode on what classes we found useful as inpatient psychiatric staff was the more that we speak out and give people the resources, because we get so many questions asking, like, how do you do this? How do you become a psychiatric staff and everything? So the more that we speak out about hey, these are really good classes to take. They set you up really well to A, be hired as a psychiatric staff and B, to be successful as a psychiatric staff. So the more that we speak out and give people those resources, hopefully the more people will be hired on at psychiatric facilities, which in turn will make us have better patient care in those facilities. Because right now, if you didn't know, pretty much nationwide, if not worldwide, I don't want to speak for other countries, but I know in the US, psychiatric facilities are understaffed. I can just tell you that point blank. They are always understaffed. Um, The staff turnover rate's really high. Fully agree with that. They're always understaffed. So if we get more psychiatric staff because we've given people the information to go on the pathway that people seem to be interested in, Hopefully we will get better patient care and the better patient care we have and the more people who have good experiences at psychiatric hospitals, the lower the stigma will be around going inpatient for your mental health. And yes, that is a very, very long circle to come back to how it helps shatter the stigma, but that's why it helps shatter the stigma. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't explain that. I, I could not, I could never find those words. It's okay. I had to write it down. So This is why you have better grades than me. (laughs) (laughs) My sticky note calendar is why I have good grades. Yeah, I kind of think about doing that, but sticky notes are expensive. And I'd be going through a lot of them. I have a giant pack of them. I know, but I'd be going through like a pack for like a month or a pack a semester because it's a whole lot of them. That's fair. Especially with one of my classes, there's literally an assignment due every single day. Nope. I I vote no on that. I veto that. All right, guys, that's all we have time for today, but we will see you next time. Yes, and we are looking forward to it. We have a little surprise in store for next time, but we're not going to tell you what it is, so you have to come back for next week's episode. (laughs) Haha, we're evil. Oh, oh, absolutely. I am more excited than anyone out of this. (laughs) Oh my god. So, it's gonna be great. I promise it's gonna be great. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Shatter the Stigma. We are sponsored by our bank accounts, and if you'd like to contact us, our email is shatteringthemhstigma at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram at shatter.thestigma and on Twitter at shatter underscore stigma underscore. Thanks for listening.